Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is going on, everybody? How you doing? John Middlecoff, the Read Out Podcast. Back at it again. Just finished watching, well actually it's still going on, but it is, I lost, I mean, both, I, I had the over and I had the Cowboys, and uh, yeah, neither hit. So I can't stand Mike McCarthy, Andy Dalton are dead to me, and Kyler Murray, who we're going to talk about off the top, I mean, what a remarkable athlete. Uh, the the other Monday night game, the Bills Chiefs have some thoughts there, then we're just going to dive in all over the place, Baker Mayfield, Todd Bowles. Uh, pocket quarterbacks, Mike Vrabel killing it again. We don't need to fire Adam Gase. If you're trying to get the number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence, let him coach it out. The Middlecoff mailbag, as always, at John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. And uh, you can slide up in those DMs, and that's how we do the Middlecoff mailbag here on The People Show. Also, I, I've kept, I've been saying we're going to move the podcast exclusively somewhere else. Still the plan. Things got pushed back out of my control. I'm not making it up. Subscribe to the Three and Out podcast on Apple or iTunes, and I would greatly appreciate that. And uh, and, and yeah, that's the game plan. If you like the podcast, leave a review there. I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks. I haven't been right yet, so eventually I'm going to be right. I'm, I promise I am not making it up. I'm not. Three and Out podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, where I listen. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Greatly appreciate it. And there's Andy Dalton making another crappy pass. God, he's terrible. But I want to start with this. Every once in a while, we get a generational athlete. And I'm not talking about an individual athlete like Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, LeBron James. I'm talking about a guy that could do anything. 
like play multiple sports at the professional level. And not like, you know, this guy could have played in the NFL. Yeah, he didn't play football after high school. This guy, I'm telling you, could have played in the NBA. Yeah, he quit playing basketball when he was a junior in high school. I'm talking about a guy that legitimately did it or was on a path to do it. And in my lifetime, it happened a couple times. I was too young. I, I never saw Bo Jackson play little before my time. I saw Deion Sanders do both. And I'd say, in my lifetime, the best overall athlete, I'd probably go to, uh, you know, go to bat for Deion. I mean, he played on playoff baseball teams, and he was the best cover corner in the history of the NFL. Think about that. It's remarkable. That'll never happen again. And I think Brian Jordan was another guy who played for the Falcons, played uh, in the NFL, or excuse me, played baseball too, was, was solid. But I'd say Dion, Hall of Fame football player, and, and a good baseball player, I think it's fair to say if he focused on baseball, he would have been a very, very solid leadoff hitter outfielder. Hard to do it half-ass, which he kind of did in a weird way, and it's not. I, I was always told, and I've told this story before, Bobby April, special teams coach, when I was in Philly, coached Dion with the Falcons, and I said, described Dion Sanders, he said, by far the hardest working player I've ever been around. Like, Dion didn't luck his way there. God gave him incredible athleticism, but his work ethic, I mean, still to this day, he's coaching at Jackson State now, working at Barstool. Like, Deion grinds. And I think we're seeing it with Kyler Murray. There was a stat tonight that, obviously, they're playing at AT AT&T at Jerry's Palace, and Kyler Murray's from, you know, 45 minutes away. And they showed a stat, and Cliff Kingsbury said it many times, he's the best high school athlete he's ever seen in his life. And he went 42-0 in high school. And I tweeted it out like, my lord, that, that's, what an, inc- I mean, in Dallas, to be that good in Texas, never lost a game. And I had multiple people tweeting at me, hey, bro, I live in Texas, live in the Dallas area, by far the best high school football player we've ever seen. And I started thinking, geez, Louise, that's, that's high praise. I mean, think about some of the great high school football players that come out of the state of Texas. If he's known as the greatest high school quarterback, you know, just in terms of accomplishments and dominance, that's... That's high praise. Then he goes to, obviously, Texas A&M, five-star recruit, you know, transfers to Oklahoma, plays baseball as well at Oklahoma. Gets drafted ninth. And not just by some nobody. He got drafted by Billy Bean and the Oakland A's. Ninth overall. Ninth overall. Now, the hard part about playing baseball instead of football or even attempting to do both, as texting with a couple buddies tonight, Deion Sanders played minor league baseball for multiple years. While he was in the NFL. Think about that. Prime time in the minor leagues. That was something Kyler Murray was never going to do. Especially once he went number one overall in football. I think Kyler Murray is a remarkable talent. I mean, you watch him now. And I get the Cowboys are a trash defense. I mean, they couldn't be any worse. But it's you just got to watch Kyler Murray and go, that is a special athlete. He's got a special arm. And he's just an elite runner. I mean, he looks like a wide receiver slash running back when he runs. But to go ninth overall in baseball, I mean, he's just an all-time generational athlete. They come around every so often. Like, people are like, LeBron could have played in the NFL. Could he? Are we sure? I don't know. <laughs> he's a little tall. What position is he playing? I doubt it. You know, now, Allen Iverson could have. Yeah, probably, but he didn't. He didn't play high school or college football. He just played basketball. Kyler Murray actually did both and was on, on a path to do both. But in 2020, no one does both. 
because especially in baseball, you're not going to play in the minor leagues. Not when you go number one overall. But I, I think it'll go down as... Here's the other thing with Kyler Murray. I, I've stood by Deion. Deion. Deion's six feet tall. I mean, Bo Jackson was a load. Kyler Murray is five foot nine. And he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's fair to say he's pretty damn good. Who's the offensive rookie of the year? He clearly has the body to be a baseball player. I mean, we're looking at one of the all-time great athletes who's a historic in Texas, who's now historic in college because he won the Heisman Trophy, and who's going to the NFL and making a you know a franchise that was down and out kind of relevant. The Cardinals are 4-2. and two, And they have a quarterback that pretty damn fun to watch. Like, it's, it's fun. You know, this guy is a special, special athlete. Is he a special player? Time will tell. He has to do it against better teams. We'll see. But given his height, what he's accomplished, yeah, I mean, you could argue he's on the short list of just all-time greats just in terms of athleticism. Okay, let's get into uh, two of them cowboys. And they're really, I think we're going to have to take a step back and go big picture. With Dak's ankle shattering, their offensive line in tatters, you know, they just got their ass kicked. I, as, I'm, as I'm talking right now, there's still two minutes and 50 seconds. They're down 31-3. to three. Somehow the Cowboys got to the one-yard line. Dalton has just airmailed a couple people. Quick take, because I thought Dalton was a solid signing. Dalton sucks. But Dalton's not any good. It turns out it's not 2015 anymore. He's just not any good. Not all his fault for tonight, but he's not any good. I think we need to take a step back and just evaluate the state of the Dallas Cowboys. They have one huge problem right now, and it's the coach. It turns out Mike McCarthy might not be any good. And you never truly know. I think you see this a lot in the NBA. Like, I know Belichick's good. So whether Brady left or Brady stayed, like, I think we all agree, Belichick is elite. That's fair, right? I, I think it's fair to say, like, Andy Reid, Sean Payton, like you gave him other quarterbacks, they would be fine. McCarthy now, I'm seeing him in Dallas, it looks like he has no clue what he's doing. And as I've stated from the beginning, not going to kick a dead horse, that when he hired Mike Nolan, like that was a pretty big indictment of Mike McCarthy. Because as a head coach, you are judged on the coaches you hire. And I, I think this is an all-time potential train wreck for the Cowboys. Now the Dax hurt, which was nobody's fault. Freak deal. And whether they would assign him to a long-term contract or not, he's still, you know, the ankle shattered. It, it is what it is. I think Jerry Jones, and probably Stephen Jones, has to be thinking and asking themselves, can we afford to keep Mike McCarthy on as our head football coach? Not, you know, tomorrow or the next day. Just big picture. Does this make sense to have Mike McCarthy be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Because if this continues, and I don't see how it's going to stop, I mean, Dalton is awful. They're going to lose, let's say they go 4-12. and 12. Is it worth firing him? Obviously, financially, Jerry could pay Mike McCarthy the $40 million and his entire coaching staff to get the hell out of there. Money is no obstacle. This, has, this conversation is not predicated or just about money at all. That's not the issue. I think every day from here on out, you evaluate the coach and go, is this guy good enough to be the head coach moving forward? 
Because I don't think he is. Now, you could argue you fire him. Turns out the roster wasn't as good as we all thought. Is the job still as desirable? That's why, again, money talks and shit walks. If you got to pay Lincoln Riley, you got to pay whoever, huge money, you do what you got to do. But I think it's fair to say for every retread, and I, I hate that word, retread, some guys on their second job, Pete Carroll, Belichick, Coach Reed, right? They they were legitimate coaches. Then there's a guy like Mike McCarthy whose record looked pretty damn good in Green Bay. Won a lot of games. Is it fair to say, though, he did that with, you know, one of the best quarterbacks we'd ever seen kind of carrying him? Their defense was always pretty terrible. Rodgers just threw a lot of touchdowns. And I'm not saying Mike McCarthy's the village idiot. I'm not saying he's that meathead that that article, I think a year or two ago in Bleacher Report, made him out to be. But it's fair to say he might not be any good. Mediocre at best. And they didn't fire an average, to probably slightly above average, head coach in Jason Garrett. If I googled Jason Garrett's career record right now, my guess is it's slightly above 500. I would guess... You know, like 55 and 50 or something like that. Maybe I'm off on the numbers. Yeah, I'm off on the numbers. Jason Garrett's career record as a head coach, I was way off on the amount of games he's coached, is 85 and 67. And I think it's fair to say the biggest reason they fired him is because 85 and 67, they probably thought they were like 145 operation. And, you know, over the course of a couple years, three or four years, a good coach would have been worth two and a half wins a year, right, over a five-year period. So maybe 95 and 58 or something. But Jason Garrett, 85 and 67, won a lot of games. Now, two and three in the playoffs, obviously never got to a conference finals or conference championship game. But when they relieved Jason of his duties – it was because he was average. Talked about like he was average. Even though, as I just read the record, he's better than average. Honestly, watching Jason Garrett, I felt like he's a better coach and his team was better prepared than anything I've seen out of Mike McCarthy. Now you look at Mike McCarthy, he puts his resume on the uh, on the sheet or on the table, hands Jerry Jones the, you know, the sheet, and says, look, Jerry, I've got 127-79-2. I've won 10 games in the playoffs. And I've won a Super Bowl. And I get why Jerry goes, see, this is a guy, if Jason Garrett would have been this guy, we would have been making deep runs in the playoffs and hell, maybe maybe competed to win a Super Bowl, which we really didn't over Jason Garrett's tenure. And then you get Mike McCarthy in the building and you start asking yourself, did we get fooled? <laughs> would our team have been better off if he had been coaching this whole time? Because I'm watching the Cowboys thinking, I don't know. He hires shitty assistant coaches. I like Jim Tom Sula. And the guys, I, I like uh, Kellen Moore and Nussmeyer. But those guys were Jason Garrett guys. Doug Nussmeyer and Kellen Moore were Jason Garrett guys. Mike McCarthy has nothing to do with those two guys. He brought in Mike Nolan, who's terrible. And then just the whole operation looks off. They look poorly coached. They look like no one has any clue what they're doing. Vance Joseph is taking them to uh, just kind of clowning them, run zero blitzes. They got no clue where the check down is or the hot route. They're just lost. And Jerry Jones and definitely Stephen Jones have to be, I don't know, commiserating over the next couple days and going, did we make a mistake? Because you know what in life sometimes? 
you make mistakes. There's nothing wrong with making mistakes. We all have made them. Some mistakes in life are more expensive than others, right? If you just, you know, buy the wrong cable package, like whatever, cost you a couple hundred bucks, cancel it, you get a new cable provider, right? If you get the wrong laptop, that might cost you a couple grand. You know, you sign the wrong franchise quarterback, it's going to cost you $130 million. You you make a poor decision in a Fortune 500 company, could cost you $100 million, $200 million. Like, all decisions are relative to what you do, right? If I said something outrageous, inappropriate, who knows? Maybe it cost me sponsors, right? We all There are all consequences to our actions. And the consequence to Jerry's decision, and I think he made the right decision. He had to move on from Jason Garrett. I don't. No one disagreed. But the decision to hire Mike McCarthy, the longer you keep him employed, could continue to have negative ramifications on your franchise. Because right now, you're two and four. And let's face it, you suck. You're a lucky comeback win away from being one and five. And just god-awful. Your, quarter, your starting quarterback has a broken ankle. All your offensive linemen are on injured reserve for the training room. Your, your defensive coordinator couldn't stop a nosebleed. And Mike just stands there. He's not calling the plays. What the hell is he doing? You're paying him $8, 9000000 million. To do what? To lose? Could have paid me or you a million dollars. It could have lost for you. What's he doing? And I think they have to have a serious come-to-Jesus moment as a family and go, is this worth it? Hell, there's never a wrong time to make the right decision. And maybe firing Mike McCarthy in the middle of October or early November wouldn't be as crazy as it would have sounded a couple months ago. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Okay, let's get into a little Bill's Chiefs. And I, I, I think it rings true in business. I think it rings true in sports. The key to consistently being great is having diversity, is being able to do several things well. If you're a pitcher and all you throw is a fastball, even if it's 100 miles an hour, you're not going to last that long. If you're a restaurant, you're going to need to do a couple things to draw people in. You're not going to need, you know, the Cheesecake Factory menu, but you're going to need a couple dishes. Look at McDonald's. Breakfast, coffee, healthy foods, dirty eats, a lot of options. They've been kicking everyone's ass for 40-plus years. Look at the greatest players of all time just throughout sports. Michael Jordan. What could he do? I don't know. Shoot, play defense, pass, rebound if he had to. Tiger Woods, in his peak, longest hitter on tour. Oh, he also was the best putter on tour. Had the most touch, best iron player. Nothing he couldn't do. Consistently, the best teams in football do more than one thing well. And one reason I think the Chiefs teams of the last couple years are not going to be as good as the team we're seeing now and moving forward is they're going to be a lot better. There's a reason they drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round. They wanted balance on their team. There's a reason they added Le'Veon Bell to go with that. They want to balance it out. They don't want to put it all on Patrick Mahomes. There was a reason they got rid of D. Ford and added Frank Clark and kept Chris Jones. They want to dominate up front on defense. Look at their defense. Beside a stretch against the Raiders, it's been excellent this season. They're not just a Mahomes-driven team. And clearly, you just watch them. I say Monday night. For me, it was Monday afternoon. One of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. They're a well-rounded unit. They can run the ball. They can slam it. With the rookie and Adam Bell, they're going to be good running the football. Obviously, they can pass it. They can rush the passer with Jones and Frank Clark. They tackle now much better than they did the last several years. There was a reason now in their two biggest games this year, the Ravens, Kicked the shit out of them. Dominated Lamar Jackson. Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Rainy night. Destroyed Josh Allen. They're just a well-rounded operation. They're not a one-trick pony. Like they were the year they lost to the Patriots. What was their problem? Defense was a little sketchy. They were all driven on Mahomes. The following year. When they won the Super Bowl. What happened? Their defense turned the corner. To win in the in the NFL... You have to be well-rounded. You do. To be a great player in baseball. Look at Mookie Betts. Elite defensive player. Elite contact hitter. Can fly around the bases. Also has power. The reason you pay him $350 million. Probably be the beef with not paying Bryce Harper. He's sexy. He's got some home run pop. You know, average defender. Average effort. Doesn't hit for, uh, you know, average. And you can be like, well, the analytic guys don't care. Yeah. I wouldn't want him, you know. I'd rather have Mookie Betts. So, I, I I think the key, you know, the best team in my life that I've seen was probably the 94-49ers. They had 11 all pros. Offensive linemen, 
MVP quarterback, Jerry Rice, Deion Sanders, Bryant Young, Tim McDonald, Ken Norton, they were good on every position. Like that, That's the key to football, is being good on both sides of the ball. And clearly it's a quarterback league, you have, a great, you have to have a great quarterback. We know you need a great coach, the Chiefs have that. When you're a well-rounded team, you got a chance to win it all, every year. That's why the Chiefs, right now, to me, would be the heavy favorites to win it. The heavy, heavy favorites. The only team that I think you could kind of put in their class would probably be the Steelers, but Roethlisberger's old and they just lost Devin Bush. You'd say the Titans, but I, I, I saw that last year. <laughs> you know, Chiefs handled them when it mattered. And I like the Titans. You know I like Vrabel. He's stud. Told you. But I, I just think the Chiefs, when they care, when they try, they're in a different class. They're as well-diversified as a team in terms of talent at every position as there is in the league. Are they the perfect team? Of course not. That's impossible. Salary cap league. This isn't the late 80s. You can't, like, be Eddie DeBartolo and have all-pro backups. Not allowed anymore. You got to pay people. And they paid a lot of people. But it's clear, like, I don't really see them having a weakness relative to the competition. And there's a reason that they just destroyed the Bills on Monday Night Football. I often think, and I've definitely developed this theory through social media, there are two types of people in this world. Those who believe in this utopian uh, potential for society, that if it was done correctly, everyone would just be living on the golf course in the country club. And then those of us, like myself, who live in the real world and have encountered all different types of people throughout my life of living in multiple places in this country, uh, going to school, working in the NFL, and seeing, you know what? Some people are simply just more talented than others. Some people simply are smarter and more driven than others for whatever reason. Now, we can break it down psychologically why that is the case, and there are many studies and books written on it, but it's just a fact. Some people want stuff more. Hell, I saw it when I worked in the NFL. I went, you know what? I don't have the drive for football that Andy Reid, Brett Veach, Howie Roseman, and Lewis Riddick have. I spent a lot of time around those four guys, and I'm like, I don't have the drive for football. I like other things more than those guys, singular-minded, and they're already clearly really smart and grinders. They like it more. They're still in the league, having success. Uh, won Super Bowls, whatever. Lewis is calling Monday Night Football. Like, I have other interests, you know? I like football, but, like, it wasn't my end-all, be-all. I was never going to be as good at football as those guys because I it, my, my mind wandered. It, it wasn't a singular focus for me. And I've often thought when you drive by a big building and you see, let's say, it's like a 10-story building, and at the top of the whatever story is, you know, Wells Fargo's headquarters, you go, well, the simple reality is there's a corner office with the CEO. Then there are several offices with the CFO, the COO, the CMO. Then there are cubicles with guys doing work. Then there are people that take out the trash and clean the toilets. Everyone has a role. And is there a chance that the dude that's throwing out the trash is talented enough and driven enough to one day be the COO? Right, that the movie uh, with Will Smith, The Pursuit of Greatness or whatever, Pursuit of Happiness? For sure. There are. But for the most part, like the dude in the cubicle might never want to make it into one of those corner offices. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like we all have different desires and wants in life. It's why a simple reality when you drive around any community, 
There are bigger homes and smaller homes. And some people, like, someone has to live in the smaller homes. There are only so many homes on the golf course in every community. That's just a reality. There's not an unlimited amount. And the majority of people can't afford to live there, myself included right now. There's nothing wrong with that. But not everyone is meant to be in the corner office calling all the shots. And the reality is that the guy in the corner office, the CEO for whatever said company, might not be able to do any of those individual jobs, the COO, the CMO, even work at a cubicle to the level of the guys that he has working for. He might not be one thing. You'd think potentially he would have mastered one thing, but let's just say hypothetically. He might not be able to do one of those jobs to all the underlyings, and that includes cleaning the toilets. Do clean the toilets might do a better job than him. But that guy, for whatever reason, if the company's rolling, does a great job of orchestrating all those people in the building and getting them all in the right path and then making the decision based off their information. And th- there's nothing wrong sometimes. I, I think we, we look down upon like the number two guy and we go, you know, that guy should one day be the number one job. He, he, he should aspire to be the number one guy. Well, one, what if he doesn't? And two, what if he's not talented enough and doesn't have the skills to be the CEO? Sometimes you find a guy, and I, I, I see this with Todd Bowles. I spent time around Todd Bowles in Philadelphia. You see dinner with him every night his first year there. And several, Lewis was there, and I think Vichy, I mean, a lot of people used to eat. And I was like, this guy's really impressive. And he's got a different personality, but he's clearly brilliant when it comes to scheme. He is a great X's and O's coach. Here's a reality about being a head coach. I would like my head coach to be a great scheme head coach. And I'd say most of them in the NFL are Andy, Sean Payton, Belichick, Kyle, McVay, Pete Carroll. Don't forget, he's a great defensive mind. Uh, Mike Zimmer, I know he's having a shitty year, but he's had a lot of success. Bruce Arians, offensive guy. But there is way more that goes into being a head coach than being a great schematic genius, right? You got to manage people. You got to manage management. You got to manage up and down. You got to handle players. You got to handle adversity. And maybe for whatever reason, and maybe it's unfair for me to judge Todd Bowles at his time in New York, but my takeaway being around him, like, I don't know if he's a head coach. Here's what I do know. He is an elite defensive coordinator. And there's nothing wrong with that. The great part is, in certain businesses, like if you're the second in command at Wells Fargo, you are making millions of dollars. If you're the second in command at some little startup, it might not be as lucrative. You may only make 50 grand or whatever. But if you're the second in command and the the defensive coordinator for an offensive head coach in the NFL, you make two or three million dollars a year. Sometimes it's okay to just stay in your lane. And everyone is pushed from like society and definitely when it comes to the sport of football, everyone thinks everyone should be a head coach. Well, we've seen over the years, the majority of, of coaches should not be head coaches. They should be either great position coaches or coordinators. And there's nothing wrong with that. Now, I understand trying to make the jump. It, it has financial, you know, it, it changes your financial life because you go from making $2 million to making like six. And you get a three or four year contract. It's a lot of money. I will never uh, bemoan or talk shit about a guy that makes the jump. But once you make the jump and realize it doesn't go well, to me, I would probably stay in the lane and just be a career number two and kick the shit out of everyone I'm playing. Because I'm watching Todd Bowles this year with Tampa and even last year with Tampa. 
He's the best defensive coordinator right now in the NFL. He's fantastic. He's elite. Schematically. What he does every week is really impressive. You don't need to be Bill Walsh to see it. He's really good. And for whatever reason, his personality probably should be a head coach. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being the COO at J.P. Morgan. Google how much that guy makes. I'll promise you this. It ain't $75,000. It's a great life. Now, some stuff's out of your control, which I understand. You don't get to pick the players. You don't get to control practice or anything. But in a guy like Todd, who is with one of his closest friends in the league in Bruce Arians, like he's got a pretty good gig. And to me, as long as Bruce Arians is there, I would not leave his side if I'm Todd Bowles. And who knows? Maybe he gets in with Jason Light and one day becomes, maybe Jason feels comfortable to make him the head coach in Tampa Bay. I don't know. I personally would lean always offense. Maybe it's Byron Leftwich. But I think Todd Bowles should be applauded. Like, And I think we need to applaud more of these coordinators that are doing a good job. Everyone's like, when's this guy going to be head coach? Here's the reality. Most of those future head coaches, Arthur Smith, Brian Dayball, we, we saw with Todd Bowles, are, are not just going to fail. It's going to be really ugly. They're not going to sniff any success. So I, I think sometimes we need to take a step back and realize everyone has a role in life. And some people... There's only a small percentage of people, one, that are head coaches, and two, that are good head coaches. The percentage of people that are actually good at that job is way smaller than, than the percentage of people that actually get the shot. Because we've seen, over my 36 years of life, I've seen a lot of guys get head coaching jobs. The, heavily, the, the overwhelming majority of them suck. As fans, the players, we can't wait to get rid of any of them. But when we got these good coordinators, we saw it with Norv Turner forever. A fantastic offensive coordinator. Just stay being an offensive coordinator. I think you see it with Gus Bradley with the Chargers. Just be a coordinator. There's nothing wrong with that. You can make millions of dollars. And you have a lot more job security because everyone sees how good you are. And I I, I hope Todd Ball stays a defensive coordinator for a long time because he's the best in the league. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. I think too often people spend so much time attempting to fix things they're bad at instead of just mastering what they're good at. Because when you're good at something, especially in, in America, it's a great part about our, the way our society works. It's actually pretty easy to make money off anything you're talented at, regardless of what you do. You know, if you're extroverted, there are a million sales jobs. If you like to socialize, like, have at it. It's pretty easy to meet people, start doing business. It's not that difficult. If you're introverted and you're good with computers, like, there are a million jobs for you. If you like numbers and you're introverted, like, become an accountant. Like, no country has more options than us for just different paths to fit your individual personality. And I, I just, I find so many people that are are so obsessed with like improving on what they're bad at. Like I've just kind of embraced who I am. Now it doesn't mean you don't want to adapt and grow in in life, but like I'm awful at fixing shit around the house. I I don't waste any time when the toilet breaks. Like I I know people that are really good at it. You know, the air conditioning goes out and you need to fix the whole unit. Like I I got no shot. It's a waste. Every minute I attempt to fix something is a waste of my time. That's why I get up so early to make money so I can pay people to fix it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I, I have no shot. And I, I realized early on, like, I, I don't like most things. So I kind of just gravitated towards sports and I, I've made a career at it. And then I've been able to find that, like, you know, people like my uh, ability to just say what's on my mind and not be like most other media members that are just kind of sheep and they all say the same shit and they just kind of package it differently. And I, I, I've just tried to figure out my own little lane of what I'm good at and what I like to do. And I, I think the people that I really respect in life really try to master their talents, right? And when you master your talents, obviously some talents you know, pay more than others. If you can shoot three-pointers, you're going to make more than a guy that you know cuts lawns. But I'll promise you this, if you're a great lawnmower, it's never been easier to promote your business. Instagram, Facebook, uh, you know, it used to be like, just word of mouth. Just, no, nah, I mean, just get online. It, whatever you do right now, if you if you have a small business and you're trying to grow and, and you're not on Instagram or Facebook, you're tripping because there is no better platform to distribute your talents than those. I say that to people all the time, like, I want to start a podcast. Just start doing it. Just go to YouTube, go to Instagram, just give your takes. There's never been a better time if you have opinions and you want to get it out there to the world. Well, it's like, I, don't, I only have 500 or 200 people following me. Who gives a shit? It takes time. Just grow. Not everything happens overnight. But I, I don't respect guys that don't understand their limitations. You know, when you don't understand your limitations, it's going to get you in trouble. And I, I think you're either twofold. You're dumb or you're stubborn. And either way, it's a problem. Uh, because I, I do think you can overcome dumb. I had a coach told me one time, like, y- you, can, uh, you can't be lazy and dumb because you can overcome just lack of, you know, cognitive ability. And listen, I'm, I'm not the smartest guy by any means, but I'm just working hard and just spending a lot of effort on something. But when you're lazy, it's really hard to overcome that. And I, watching Baker Mayfield, I, I, I see a guy that 
doesn't know his limitations. And at this point now, you know, he's not a rookie. He's not a second-year player. He's a third-year guy. I asked two things. Because everyone that I knew around Oklahoma really raved about Baker. And I, I always gave him the benefit of the doubt he's kind of a smart guy. But, you know, Collins' pushback was always like, you know, his immaturity spoke for itself. And then he's had incidents while he was in the pros. I'm starting to think, like, you know, he might not be the smartest dude. Because the one thing that always separated the bad athletes in the NFL, and that's typically the quarterbacks, Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, for example. And I thought when Baker Mayfield came in the league, I'm like, you know whose comp is going to be Drew Brees. But do you know why Drew Brees is Drew Brees? And I've heard him say this before. The majority of his success, he gives it from work ethic and upstairs. Outworking the competition and understanding what he's going to see before he sees it. Because he doesn't have a great arm and he's not a good athlete. Here's what you've never seen Drew Brees do. Attempt to run away from a defensive lineman. Why? Because every single defensive lineman can catch him. Here's what you'll never see me attempt to do. Code. I have no. I don't even know what that means. Code. Like I, I couldn't even begin to start. Remember, we had a dude when I worked with the Eagles, like our analytics guy was just constantly coding. His computer looked like the FBI meets like uh, meets trying to read Chinese. I mean, it was crazy. I've never seen anything like the different algorithm stuff he was working with. Dude's a genius. I mean, Ivy League guy. I, I, you, you, you said Middlecoff will pay you $50 million a year to do that. I'd be like, well, don't waste one penny because I got no clue. And I, I won't be able to learn. Baker Mayfield's problem right now is he does not know his own limitations. He thinks he's a really good athlete. You know? He, 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 I, I continue to watch him. Now listen, Pittsburgh was a better team. They were one of the games, my lock of the week, or one of the three for the money teams that I thought was going to win. I think most of us, if we took a deep breath, thought it was going to be a tough spot for the for the Cleveland Browns. And you can give me, you know, Baker was banged up. My my issue was not even just his overall play, throwing picks. Baker throws picks. Doesn't have a great arm. My main issue with the guy is I constantly look up and he's running away from defenders. Here's what you have to do. You either throw the ball to a wide receiver or throw the ball away. You do not have a third option if you're Baker Mayfield. Stopped attempting to run away from these defensive players. Every single guy on the field, all 11 defenders, obviously the DBs and linebackers, but every defensive lineman, whether it's the edge guys or whether it's the fat guys in the middle, are faster than them. And those fat guys in the middle, the majority of them, could catch Baker Mayfield running backwards. He does not know his own strengths and weaknesses. And it's the biggest reason that his career is kind of like you're looking at him playing going, this guy's just not that good. If you, saw, if you saw Drew Brees attempt to play like Patrick Mahomes for the last 10 years, let's just say he was always trying to run outside the pocket and make sideways throws, we would all think he sucked. You know why? He doesn't have the ability to do that. Instead, Drew Brees has sat within the pocket and thrown the football. And when guys are not open, he throws the ball away or just hits the ground. If Baker Mayfield does not learn to do that, Someone tweeted at me yesterday or on Sunday and said he's going to be a bust. To me, a bust is a guy with a lot of talent that doesn't figure it out because he's lazy and not any good. Like a Jamarcus Russell is a name that comes to my mind. Or Trent Richardson was super lazy, ate himself out of the league. To me, a whiff 
is Baker Mayfield if he doesn't figure this out. Because one thing we've realized once he got in the league, he's not that talented. Like, that's not even arguable at this point. You just put him next to the Josh Allens, the Lamar Jacksons, the Mahomes, the Deshaun Watsons. Can't hold their jock. And just talent. But if he figured it out upstairs and figured out, you know what? I shouldn't try to do this. You know when my washer and dryer breaks down? Do you know what I don't do? I don't waste a second attempting to fix it. Because every second that I take something off or take a wrench or, you know, a Phillips screwdriver or two, I'm going to break it and make it worse. I just call for help. Baker Mayfield needs to figure out, stop running away. I'm sure the coaches are telling him this. If he can't watch the film and see every single player that he's played this season, I mean, he's happened to his whole career, but just this season, when the team's winning, consistently catch him when he's attempting to run away and say to himself, you know what? This is not a good idea. Because what have we been saying on this show from the jump? And I think everyone with a working brain is saying this. They have too much talent to not make the playoffs. They have no business to not win at least nine games. If they don't, it's going to be between because Baker Mayfield couldn't play within himself. And he, it's one thing to, listen, you're going to throw picks. It's the NFL. It's another thing to like attempt to throw across your body or on the move. You're going to lose. And that's awful football. Because Drew Brees or Phillip Rivers or Tom Brady, they never sprint to the right and throw across their body or throw some 40-yard pass down the field on the move. Why? Because they know they can't do that. They don't even waste time attempting to do that. And I look up yesterday and Baker Mayfield's scrambling to the right on the move and throwing it. This ain't Iowa State, bro. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're down 25 points because you think this is, I, I don't even know. You're not good enough to make these plays. Study Drew Brees, study players that relate to you in terms of athleticism, and start playing like them or your team's in trouble. Okay, let's dive into the league's embarrassment. The New York football Jets. And a team that is staring 0-16 down the gun barrel. I mean, they are a complete and utter train wreck. They are not going to win a game this season. I think it's fair to assume that. They're 0-6 right now against the spread. They're not covering, and they are enormous underdogs in all these games. And it's only going to grow as they play better teams. But the Jets have one thing going for them right now. While some of these teams, like the Falcons, fired Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov, that was the right move. Just get those guys out, start your search. Right? The Houston Texans... Fired the the toxic Bill O'Brien, the GM and manager, decent coach, actually solid coach when you look at his resume, doing a bad job this year, had to get the general manager out of the building. Turns out it was the same guy, you fired him, no issue. Well, from everyone that I know in the NFL, they speak very highly of Joe Douglas, and they think he's really good at his job. And he made a good trade for Jamal Adams. I never thought he'd get multiple first-round picks and a second-round pick for him, so that should you know, bear some fruit in the next couple years, multiple first-round picks. Now, Seattle, I think they're 5-0 and or 4-0 and currently. They just had a bye, so 4-0. and And they're going to be really good. I mean, they're going to win 12, 13 games. So, like, that pick is not going to be great. But, you know, you get multiple first-round picks. I, I get it. And he just traded a guy to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Quinn and Williams, the former Alabama defensive tackles on the trading block. I think he'll do a good job of ripping this thing down to the studs. 
The one move, unlike the other two teams have done, that I would not make is I would not fire Adam Gase till the season ends. One, you don't have a guy to take over for him. Two, you need Adam Gase to keep losing. Adam Gase is a fantastic loser. He's an awful football coach. I was someone that thought he was a dynamic offensive guy. It's been proven he's good with Peyton Manning. Other than that, he's awful. I mean, just completely awful. And I'm not totally judging him on this season. I mean, the roster is awful. But Adam Gase will never be a head coach again. I think the question now, big picture, will Adam Gase even ever be a coordinator again? And I don't know what the answer is. Maybe if Sark leaves Saban, Saban knows Gase, maybe he gives him you know, that resurrection job. But I, I don't know. I, I don't feel confident about that. They work together back, I think, in LSU and Michigan State. The one guy I would fire, though, is Greg Williams. And we saw some of the comments last week about Greg Williams kind of taking shots at the offense, which, in fairness to Greg, is not a lie. The problem, though, is Greg, and this is stupid to even say it, shut your mouth, because Greg Williams has never shut his mouth. He constantly runs his mouth. He doesn't think he's quite a part of this team. And, in fairness, he was hired by the general manager and forced on Adam Gase. Adam Gase, stories have reported over the years, they don't even like each other. They didn't like each other from the jump. Makes no sense. I would get rid of Greg Williams. He's a toxic individual. Adam Gase, while also toxic, does guarantee I keep losing. And the goal now when you're 0-6 is to keep losing and to get the number one pick. And then whoever you hire as your head coach, and a lot of people have asked me, Jets fans, over this year is, who do you think they would want? And my response is, from people that I know that have been around Joe Douglas, think old school, think just leader, think culture, think like John Harbaugh. Now, I don't know exactly who that guy is, uh, but like I, I don't think they're just going to go for the sexiest name. I, I don't think so. Now, the owner is the ultimately the guy signing the checks. They're paying Joe Douglas like $4 million a year, <clears throat> which is a highly paid general manager. So who knows? There, there's still a lot to re- be reworked. The organization is a complete and utter and absolute train wreck right now. But there is light at the end of the tunnel because Trevor Lawrence is a special player. You could then trade Sam Darnold and you could start to rebuild your franchise because right now it doesn't get any lower. But you have to play out these last 10 games. And the key to playing out these last 10 games is keeping Adam Gase as the head coach because that guarantees you keep losing. And at this point, with no fans allowed at MetLife the rest of the season, surely, the only goal is to keep losing. That's the only goal. I'm not a believer in tanking. I despise tanking. Unless... You get to the point where it's inevitable. And for the Jets, it's inevitable. Tank. You, you got to just lose. Like, if you're the Giants, who knows? Maybe you start winning some games and you compete for the division. Right? So, I, I don't believe in tanking if you're the Giants. Hell, the Falcons. People, I have friends in the league that told me they should tank. The problem is they're stuck with Matt Ryan and all these players forever. Plus, those, those they just have too much talent to tank. They're going to win three or four games. They get a top two pick this year with the Jags, the Jets, some of these shitty teams, the, the Washington, you're going to need to win 0-1 games. Like They're already out of the running. But the Jets, what did Al Davis say? Just win, baby? I would put all over the office. Kind of tongue-in-cheek, but kind of seriously. Just lose, baby. Things change so quickly in just this world. Uh, but definitely over the last several years, I, I feel like the pace of society and the pace of change, and a huge part of that is technology, has just been at ra- at rapid speeds. <laughs> like, things 
things move now quicker than they ever have. And the most successful people, the most successful people in business, definitely in the business I'm in, have adapted the quickest, right? Video, streaming, podcasts are just growing exponentially. Uh, Any business you're in. I mean, I, I know people that just own a retail clothing store that are crushing it off Instagram. If you adapt fast enough that you can pivot now easier than ever. One theory I've had definitely in the last couple of years is because forever growing up, you wanted a true pocket quarterback, wanted a guy like, you know, Manning, Brady, and those guys are, are great players and they would work in any era. But I think the players that everyone wants now are athletic quarterbacks. And I think a huge reason for that, that's all that's coming up the pipe. Like watching Sunday night football, if you could give the Rams a do-over on Jared Goff, I think they'd take the do-over. Why would you want an unathletic quarterback in 2020? Now, in fairness, a couple years ago, it kind of made some sense. Now, they were quote-unquote overpaying, but you're like, you know, true pocket quarterback. I'm watching the first Monday night game tonight of just Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I know Josh Allen played like shit, but just watching those guys move, I can't imagine having a quarterback that can't move. Makes me sick thinking about it. I I can't imagine being a fan of the Minnesota Vikings and watching Kirk Cousins. Being a fan right now of the Atlanta Falcons and watching Matty Ice. Hell, being a fan of the Colts and watching Phillip Rivers. And I love Phillip Rivers. But if my quarterback can't move in 2020, I'm in trouble. I need mobility. Everyone's running these spread offenses. Everyone's running these sprint out options. The quarterback can't get hit. Now, I don't need Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray, but I need some baseline athleticism to be able to move. And just watching college football over the last several years, you don't really see that many quarterbacks like that. Most of these quarterbacks, I mean, Trevor Lawrence can move. I mean, I mean, they can really, really move. Justin Fields, who we're going to see this weekend, the kid at BYU, Zach Wilson, who's balling. Keep an eye on that guy. He's a playmaker. Obviously, Trey Lance, the kid from North Dakota State. Like, I want mobility. Now, I don't need you to run the option. Like, Lamar Jackson is the most mobile possible, right? That's not what I'm talking about. Though, if he can pass, I'll take it. I'm just talking about, you, you watch the Cowboys with Andy Dalton, like, you know, I'd rather have Dak Prescott. He clearly, like, there, there is something that Dak Prescott brings to the table that Jared Goff just limits the, the L.A. Rams. And I'm a Jared Goff fan. Now, part of it is I watched him in college, and I root for the guy. Uh, but he has limitations in his game that just make me kind of go, ew, I don't want that. Now, so does Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy's playing terrible this year. I think Kyle Shanahan is borderline out on Jimmy. But Jimmy does have, when his ankle, or I think he's healthy, but just in theory, he can move around. He did a lot of that last year. I want a guy that can extend plays. If part of your game is not being able to extend plays in 2020, I'm out on you. Now, that doesn't change the fact that Tom Bray's the best quarterback ever, that Peyton Manning's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. But, like, I have a soft spot for Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Steve Young. Like, I, I like my Brett Favre. Keep plays alive with your legs. And I really think that's where the league's going. I think that's what a lot of these offensive minds are going to desire. 
And at the end of the day, I think Bill Parcells once said, we only get what college gives us. We don't get to create these players. It's funneled up, not funneled down. We don't create them in the pros. Just watch college football. That, that, that's all that's you know coming up the pipe to the league. I, I just wanted to hit on a couple things because I spend so much time watching college football. I, I might as well just hit on a couple nuggets that I saw. And I, I was at, my mom's birthday was on Friday. So I went home, I, I played golf with my brother, we went out to dinner. And when I got home, having a few pops, and the BYU game was on. And this quarterback, Zach Wilson, is really talented. I don't know that much about him. Uh, he was started last year, playing this year, was going to go to Utah. I, I just know this guy's a guy, someone to keep an eye on. He's an NFL player. He's got a big-time arm, he's accurate, and he's a good athlete. Like, the guy at BYU, if, they're, if you just see BYU's on and your team needs a quarterback... Watch a quarter. I'll be honest. I was a little wasted. Didn't watch that much, but I did some texting around. He's on the radar. Just keep an eye on that guy. The two wide receivers at Bama are stupid good. Devontae Smith might be like a better version of Ruggs, and Ruggs is a baller, and Waddle is a star, you know? And the Sertain, the corner safety kind of hybrid DB for them, I guess he's a corner, is awesome as well. I mean, their team... Najee Harris, the running back, who actually grew up probably 15 minutes from where I'm recording this right now in Northern California, has really turned himself into a fantastic player as well. Alabama's talent on on offense is just is stupid. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I didn't watch the Clemson game. They won like 700 to seven uh, against Georgia Tech. You know, I think we there's not much to say about Trevor Lawrence. Like, there's nothing. We're not living game-to-game, pass-to-pass with him anymore. His his body of work is well-established. Uh, he's a big-time prospect. He's going to go to number one overall. Unless Justin Fields, the Big Ten, is back now. Uh, if he looks like a superstar and they win the Big Ten and they go to the playoffs and he plays Trevor Lawrence, who knows? It's, it's the great part about sports and, and prospects is you get to improve your stock, right? It's like it's... It's a uh, it's kind of evergreen as long as you're playing. It can go up or down. It can also go down. But there's a reason that Justin Fields, which I I respect the shit out of that kid, he never stopped pushing the envelope about wanting to play. It's like in a draft meeting. What what, what does Justin Fields think about football? Well, when the pandemic hit and everyone in the media wanted football to go away, this kid would not shut up about it. This presidents, the AD, they're like, oh, we're not playing. He said, fuck that. I want to play. What do I have to do to play? My team wants to play. I mean, I, I don't know what else you'd need to say. If you're GM, like, what does this guy, does this guy love football? I'd be like, uh, check Twitter. <laughs> this guy, no one wanted to play in this country more than that guy. So I, I, I'm excited to watch him play. I, I'll be honest, I wasn't that locked in on them last year. But after his refusal to tap out, with uh, Corona and football, I, I'm a big fan. I'm rooting for that guy to ball out because he's my type guy. Everyone, not everyone, if you're listening to this, you want a football to be played, but my timeline, you know, in the middle of the summer was like, no football, stop it all, not for the kids. And he was like, how about you guys shut up and worry about yourself? I want to play football. And now he's playing. So I'm excited to watch Ohio State and Justin Fields. The tight end from Florida, I didn't watch him last week because they didn't play because their whole team got corona, including the coach. 
but not funny. I mean, he's fine. Uh, I mean, Saban got it. Well, not really. He got fake positives. Like, here's the thing. Like, can we laugh at it? Has one player had any serious problems yet with Corona? I don't think so. Remember Freddie Freeman, the Atlanta Braves uh, first baseman who was going to die, and then he, like, won the NL MVP? Cam Newton got it and was, like, starting quarterback. Now, he didn't look very good because they didn't practice, but, like, none of these guys get sick. Like, we know now. You know? I mean, the, the information's in. They get it, and they come right back. Countless players have had it, and they come back and play. Like, that's, we have facts now. It never gets talked about. Everyone that gets it comes right back in place. Like, it's not even arguable. Like, that's what consistently happens to every single one of these guys. Time and time and time again. Yet everyone on my timeline, when someone tests positive, is like, oh my, shut it down! It's like, no, he'll just be back whenever he passes the test. And they always pass the test, and then they're back. And then we keep on rolling. Like, the the cycle continues. (laughs) I don't know why everyone freaks. I don't. I, I I actually try to spend less time on Twitter because it pisses me off. I'm like, God, how are we doing this? Just over and over and over again. Uh, that's about that's Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida, baller, top fifteen pick. Okay, it's getting kind of late, but I'll bang out still a middle couple of middle cough mailbag questions just because I'm a pros pro, and uh, you guys send me you know these questions, so I owe you the. Uh, the respect to answer it at John Middlecoff Instagram slide up in those DMs and we'll start with a cowboy question what is worse that that the Cowboys defense is allowing more than 35 points a game and Mike Nolan still has a job or that they are two and four and atop of the NF the NFC East the NFC East has got awful I would say that if the Eagles who just had a disastrous day I saw Zach Hurts has a high ankle sprain I saw Miles Sanders is injured. So you'd say the Cowboys are probably still, how could you say they're in the driver's seat to win the division? Andy Dalton looks awful. Their defense is terrible. But the Eagles have been playing all these good teams and fighting for dear life, even though they've kind of been getting their ass kicked and they come back. But they don't have anybody. Like, all their players are injured. Literally, all their players are injured, except Carson Wentz, which is kind of ironic. The Giants, who are not who lack talent, but actually play really hard, finally won a game, but I don't think they're going to win many games. And Washington, I think it's fair to say, kind of wants to lose all the games. So, <laughs> I, I would expect Mike Nolan to get fired, kind of, maybe, but who knows? I uh, Who knows with Jerry? I, I, I don't. I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, huge fan of the show. Is a grad assistant the only way to become a scout, GM, or coach at the college or pro level? No. I mean, you could just work You could just work in the NFL without going working in college. I know several people that did that, and a lot of those people worked or played college football, and they usually had an in through that. Uh, that's just my path. You know, people I worked with, thinking about it, like, you know, Brett Veach played in college. Lewis Riddick played in college. Ryan Grigson played in college. Uh, Phil Phil Savage was a GA. Roseman uh, went to law school. That was kind of his in. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of Ed Manowitz ran Bama's personnel department. Uh, most guys, you know, played in college or kind of worked through college was kind of their connection. So, in a short way to say it, yeah, that's it's kind of is what it is. I'm a Pats fan. My conspiracy theory is that Belichick signed Cam to experiment what Justin Fields could potentially be as a franchise quarterback. 
What do you think the chances are the Pats trade up and draft fields? Keep making great content, brother. Three and out is my favorite podcast. Well, shit, man. I appreciate that. Me too. Uh, I would doubt it, but I would never put it past them. The problem is when you do things like that, how do you know where you're going to draft? Now, what I think he might have experimented with is having an athletic quarterback. I mean, they played 20 years with a guy that can't move. Now, he was the greatest quarterback of all time. I hate when I like, I'm not ripping Brady when I say he can't move. He just, he literally can't. He's not, for NFL standards, he's a bad athlete. Doesn't matter. Like, he played in a time where he could eviscerate you in the pocket, and still he kind of can't because he can just outthink you. But clearly, the, the talent that's coming in the league are all athletic guys. I would expect Belichick this year to draft an athletic guy. Or, the, the kind of the elephant in the room would be if Jimmy Garoppolo is released, I could see Belichick making a play for Jimmy G because he kind of loves Jimmy G. Uh, quick question. Do you think Sam Darnold would have been a better fit to this Browns team if they had drafted him instead of drafting Baker? One million percent. Sam Darnold is a way more talented player than Baker Mayfield. The, the, I know Colin on Monday talked about it. Like the problem for the Browns right now, and I talked about just his limitations earlier, but like their major weakness right now is Baker Mayfield. They have no chance to beat the Steelers or the Ravens with Baker Mayfield. He's just not good enough. He's not dynamic enough. Like the one thing Darnold has is athleticism. He definitely has the same arm Baker has. Uh, he's just bigger, stronger, faster. You know, I mean, I, if they could do it over again, I think they 100. I, I, well, who they would have taken would have been Josh Allen. Now, I know Josh Allen was bad, you know, tonight. It's weird saying that because we had a doubleheader. But imagine if Josh Allen was on the Browns with Odell, with Jarvis, with the running backs, with the coach, with their play action stuff. I, it would be would have been really sweet. So that's one more question. Heard you predict the Colts Steelers favorites to trade for Darnold. What about the 49ers? Related follow-up. How about this trade? Cam to the Jets, Jimmy to the Pats, Darnold to the Niners. Makes sense? The problem is, is that Cam Newton will be a free agent. So New England's not going to trade him. You know, they're just going to play it out this year. And... My thing is with Darnold, like, would the Colts be aggressive? You know, if they make it to the second round of the playoffs, they're drafting 26, is it worth it for them just to give up pick 26 for Sam Darnold? Where the Niners, I, I can't see them trading a first-round pick for Sam Darnold. I, I just can't. And, you know, imagine if the Jets are able to get, like, pick 26, pick 28 from Seattle for Jamal Adams and their number one overall pick. Like, they'd, they'd be in pretty good shape. Uh, relative for a team that's starting over, a little Miami Dolphin style. New coach, you'd be feeling pretty good about yourself. I, I just think there's probably only them or the Steelers would be the only two teams that would trade a first-round pick for Sam Darnold. I, I just I, I can't see the Niners trading a second-round pick for him because his tape, it's really more based on if your team's good enough. And the Niners, to me, like they still have other holes. You know, I just, I'd kind of patchwork it with Jimmy uh, until I, I, I just draft a guy in the second or third round before I trade for Sam Darnold. To me, he makes the most sense with the Steelers or the Colts. Appreciate everyone listening. If I didn't get your question, I'll either DM you back or I'll just answer your question on Friday. And again, I'm not making it up. We're eventually moving, probably in the near future. That's what I've been told. Uh, so subscribe to the 3 and Out podcast. If you like the podcast, leave a review. Greatly appreciate it. And just be lucky that you didn't make terrible bets like I did on Monday Night Football because I lost a couple hundred bucks just betting on the Cowboys. And for some reason, I took the bills. And I don't ever want to talk about this night gambling again.
But congrats if you're not a Cowboy fan because their team stinks. Adios. Good night. Godspeed. See you soon. See you later. See ya. Have a great week. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.